Hey guys, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. I'm up here in Cody, Wyoming, getting ready to shoot the Gunworks match, and I just wanted to give you a quick update. Uh, nothing crazy, because I'm in the uh, middle of the day. We still have uh, a barbecue and event at the Gunworks shop at 6 o'clock tonight. They're having dinner, some barbecue. We get tour of the shop and a couple other things. But I went to the range location, do the sign-in, the zeroing. Uh, 10 o'clock this morning, so I just want to kind of go through the process, and then I learned some stuff today, and some things happen, so we get to talk about it. So, the way this gun work matches, they have sort of a range set up here that will be part of the range tomorrow, although we didn't shoot those targets. So the first day will be at this Cody shooting complex. The next day is going to be at Monster Lake, more field course, so Sunday. So, show up, I drove up here. Super easy ride, no drama, seven hours door to door, uh, you know, no big deal there, and, and got my room, uh, kind of a little interesting thing with the room here, so I, I come in the door and there's a tour bus, and it's crazy, I'm like, wow, the hotel's like packed, it's really busy at this hotel, and, I, and it's Japanese tourists and stuff, and I'm like thinking Alaska, I'm like, oh my god, I just left Alaska, tour buses, Japanese tourists, the whole thing. And now I come to Cody, Wyoming, and it's this tour. They had a private event in the bar here, and when I went to dinner last night, they were all there. So it's it's kind of like, okay, well, what's going on? And they said something about a pilgrimage and stuff. So I'm thinking, well, maybe it's something religious. Pilgrimage, you know, you know, maybe they're doing that. So I'm not quite sure. And as I walk past the, the, the conference rooms to my room... I look at the sign for um, the uh, you know for what the, the tourists are doing. Their their uh, itinerary is on a board out there, and they said go to tour here, go see this, go see that. And then they said a uh, a uh, speaker was an incarcerate, and I'm like, well, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. There's a, a guy was incarcerated, and he's talking. So I look a little bit. I get back to my room. I get on the phone back home. And I said, wait a minute, I'm going to Google this. I have an idea. And sure enough, it, it, it was right. They were Japanese internment prisoners in World War II. Cody had a camp. And Heart Mountain Japanese internment prison was here. And these are relatives and people associated to World War II internment camps. And, you know, they, they always mention about the Japanese, but the Italians and the Germans were also in internment camps in equal number. You just never hear about that. The other thing is like family members that I had that fought in World War II coming from the East Coast. And when they volunteered, they all had to fight in the Pacific. So they didn't let the Italian guys from Connecticut, Bridgeport, New York and all that stuff go to the Europe to fight. They all sent them to Japan, and and, and so it, it's kind of interesting that, but I thought that was kind of neat that these um, World War II internment people are here having a pilgrimage and honoring, you know, the situation and that what happened. It's kind of a never forget thing, so um, I thought that was cool, but I showed up first thing, 10 o'clock this morning, saw Phil and everybody from Gunworks, uh, Kalen, you know, great guys, dropped down with the Tika. I brought both Tikas with me. I brought the, the one I'm going to shoot, the 22-inch the, the left-hand gain twist, and I brought the 20-inch 1-7 twist, which is a standard right-hand twist. 
Now the McCourt hand loads that I have, the one that popped that uh, ejector, uh, was designed for the 20 inch. It was it was specked out on that, and the loads were all done for that. And then you know I'm thinking it's 100 degrees at my house. I got probably about 30 rounds into it, popped primer. Well, before the match and before I came out here, I cleaned up the rifle a little bit, did a quick, uh, you know, clean on, on the barrel and everything, make sure no carbon rings, the chamber's all good, and because I popped primers, cleaned out the chamber and everything's good. I come here and I check zero and everything with my prime. Now, I'm off uh, a tenth, or about two tenths, I'm off two tenths to the left. And why is that? Because the wind's so much stronger on my range, so I re-zeroed. It went, elevation was perfect. My windage was off when I checked it. I came one click to the left or to the right. I came one click right, put me just left of, of dead center, about nine o'clock on the, on the, on the shoot and see there on the, on the one inch dot that they had up. So my zero is good and I made sure that's good. Check dope out with the prime. Everything's money. Little tiny bit of tweaking from the Colville numbers. Uh, nothing crazy, but enough that I would be missing. So I did, you know, 570, 820, 1148, 910. And I shot those various ranges and made sure my dope lined up. I then trued and fine-tuned my Kestrel. And I trued and fine-tuned my Garmin. So they're both in agreement. So if one goes down, I have the other. The other thing that I did is we really great stage book. Um, the matchbook for this gunwork match is one of the nicest I've seen. And it actually has space where you can put all your data in there. So I'm going to use that as, as a notebook. And we'll talk about it when I come back from this match. I'll be able to use the match booklet as notes for the event. I'm taking this sort of admin. I'm not taking this as much serious just because I ended up KT tape. I got my KT tape. So I'm going to uh, tape up my shoulder and my neck and everything and make sure I'm good. So I, I got a fresh roll of KT today. Got some pogey bait, some snacks to keep me going. Even though they're going to feed us lunch, you got you to fuel up during these events. The other thing I did is I went into the office where they were doing that stuff. And I, um, I did the e-dope card. I filled in everything, and it took me a little over an hour with talking to everybody and kind of going through, but I went page by page in the matchbook. I loaded it into my eDope app on my Google Pixel, and I checked it with the downrange system card. Working flawless. Everything's good. I'm now preloaded for all the ranges and data for the event. I'm still going to use the match booklet. I'm still going to default to some of that. There are stages that I need to range, and there are no targets given. There's like three stages with, with, with blank ranges, so that'll have to happen. I have the Terrapin X with me, so I'm all ready to go. But then I went over to the 136 load to give it a whirl. Fully aware, I'm going to probably shoot the prime the majority of it. Three rounds in, popped a single primer, broke the extractor or the ejector again. Popped it in, it's stuck, it's the same thing, it's busted. So I pulled the bolt out of the other Tika, put it in, I checked everything again, recheck zero, recheck dope, make sure it didn't change anything. So I'm strictly a prime guy now. This is why I don't like hand loads for me. Because I switch rifles. 
because and in Mile High did both. They're both two sixties. They're both Bartland barrels. They're both chambered the same. The load that works in that that uh, twenty you know that twenty inch one and seven popping primers in the other one and broke the teacup. So I'm gonna have to kind of look at this. And I knew it was kind of a hot load because I was trying to get a high number. But now I'm stuck with it. I got to back it down. I can't use it in anything else. It's not working. And the guns broke the same way it was with Logan having to spend 45 minutes to fix it. So I'm going to have to go through that entire process all over again. I'm going to have to find a roll pin that fits. Maybe I can go on Amazon or something and order up a little metric roll pin because I'm going to need a metric roll pin for it, a little tiny guy. Um, We made one that fit, but... It's annoying. Imagine coming to a match, temperature, whatever the case. And, and like I said, I, I kind of was aware, which is why I brought both of them. But I, I wanted to see because I wanted that hand load. And the hand load shot great when I tried it earlier. It, and it took about 30 rounds before it started popping primers. But now it's popping primers. Could be the heat. Could be whatever, you, you, whatever the case is, it don't work. And I'm back to my factory load. It, it's just one of those situations where you got to be safe, man. You got to, it's, you can't push this too hard because if you do switch, and I did push it hard. Like I said, I'm well aware how hard I pushed this load. I knew I was on the edge and I know it works in the 20 inch, but I didn't want to shoot the 20 inch, got a little more drift. It's a little bit, you know, so I don't know, but that's the case. Now that's what happened. Three rounds in primer popped ejector hit stuck the whole thing. It's, it's going to be a case of working on it for the next hour to try to clear it out, but I'm not going to do it because there's clearly a burr on there. There's clearly something gone. I switch bolts. Luckily, you know, if it was an AI or something, I could do that. But if I only had one and traveled all this way and had this happen, I could, I could, I could shoot it, but I'm going to have to pull the round out. You know what I mean? It won't eject the round. It'll, it'll extract. It just won't eject. That is one of the things with traveling and with matches and coming with a carload of stuff and being able to go and switch and bringing a backup rifle because I was able to look and check it out. Over 900 bucks for the hotel room here, tourist season and all that, to stay the extra, you know, come in a day early, leave a day later. Uh, you know, gas is no big deal. 60 bucks to get up here one way. There's food. You know, you're going to spend about $50, $60 in food a day. Your ammo, your match fees, and all that other stuff that you got going on. If something breaks, man... You're kind of screwed. So you always have to think of these contingencies, which is why I purposely brought this other rifle, why I purposely went and did it this way, just in case. Now, if the if this had happened in the match, and say I shot today and I had no issues, okay? Going to shoot today, I got no issue. Well, what if it happened tomorrow afternoon? Because it's sprinkling and raining here too. It rained, it's sunny out, it's beautiful, but there's sprinkling rain. Say I get something wet. And it pops the primer. doesn't have to just be heat or something to that effect. It could be water because of rain. And you break this. You know, what do you do? Well, I could have pulled the bolt out and got right back and running. But the fact that how it broke it means it's not easy to come in because it creates that burr. And you can't get it out just by working on it. 
it took Logan and I with all the tools at Mile High, with Logan being the gunsmith and all this stuff, easily 45 minutes to fix it yesterday. That's 45 minutes of stages you might miss. So all this stuff really matters and why you almost need summer load, cool it down, back it off. And I talked to some guys here. They had to do the same thing. As the weather got so hot out west here, they had to back their hand loads down a little bit. This isn't a back down load. I doped this load at like 45 degrees. You know, I go back and look at it, but I think I might have spoke about it in the podcast. This load was doped at 45 degrees. It's now 80 to 100 in the sun, depending where I am. I'm popping primers, you know? So it, it's, it's that case of that I'm not hand loading so often that I run through these hand loads because I, I, I tweak the hand load and get it to where I want, but then I turn it over to Andrew McCourt to load it in bulk. I have no time. When you think about it, you know, Memorial Day, go to Colville, come back from Colville a week later, I'm in Alaska, come back from Alaska, and then, you know, I'm doing classes here, come back from that, and I go back to Alaska, you know, less than two, it was about two and a half weeks later, come back from Alaska on Saturday, I'm here on Thursday, you know what I mean? I don't have that kind of time, which is why I go to the factory load. Factory load was working, it's on, the thing's there, I may have a little bit of wind drift, I know I need about half a mil of wind at 800 yards and conditions that were today. I kind of tweaked my windage for that, like what Mike talked about. I, I simplified it. And, you know, that's where I'm going with this, uh, with today's workup. You know what I mean? I was able, and luckily they gave us that ability. Uh, Mike from Really Right Stuff was here, fixed my tripod. I had that when I re, I did the retrofit on my 23 legs and when I did the retrofit, I screwed up the spring on one leg. That silver came off, the, the lock came out, and the spring screwed up, and I couldn't get it quite right. Well, then Mike came over and showed me the way to do it. I took it apart. I straightened the spring out with some pliers. Then I went over, and he helped me fix it, and we got it all up and running now. So now my really right stuff tripod's back to 100%. You know, all that stuff is good to go. And it's a case of... You know, all these things, does this work? I shot off the tripod. I took a look. There's going to be tripod stages here, depending if they're standing, sitting, whatever the case may be. I can go kneeling without having to deploy the tripod. I have a flat, comfortable, sitting on the side of my foot, kneeling position without having to deploy the legs. Beauty on me. For once, this might work in my favor, where if they say run up, deploy the tripod... I just have to open the legs up from, because it has to be collapsed and folded. I just open it up, drop my kit, you know, drop it down, put my rifle on it, and I can go from a kneeling position in a good way. The other thing I'm digging in the matchbook, your gear has to be within one arm's length of you. Meaning, if you bring it up, you have to keep it with you. If you're wearing it and carrying it, you have to have it with you. To me... Making a PRS event a little bit more practical is money. Make them deploy on the clock. Make them carry their gear. Phil, uh, from here, from Gunworks, who's the match director, along with Kaylin and these guys, they were listening. They did stages like that. I love it. They even said, if you're not within arm's length of a piece of your kit, even if you're hitting the target, it's not considered a hit 
and the match, uh, the, the RO will call a miss until you figure out why, which means is your gear with you? It's the way it should be. And that arm's length is a good deal, man. Even, excuse me, hiccups from a soda. Uh, even the competition dynamics, you got to be within arm's reach of a pin, all that kind of stuff, you know. Make a practical, make it practical. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to go completely gamer. You can mix. Half the stage is practical, half the stage is gamer. You can have a stage that says, express yourself. Let me see your inventiveness. Do whatever it is you want to do, but limit it. And then bring them the other direction too. And I think that's what they're doing here, which is awesome. Um, got a decent number of shooters. It, you know, it, it was looking a little low and, and it's been marketed a bit. Now the numbers went up. Not a huge match, which is good because, like I said, I'm not really in shape. I haven't shot a match like this in a while beyond the little local thing. And even that I don't take too serious. But the practice, the train-up stuff, you know, the, the, the being able to dope your rifle and check it today helps identify problems. And knowing I might have a problem allowed me to back myself up. I'm rolling with it, man. I'm going to fix it. I'm good. I have no drama. The bolts are the same, you know, same bolt handle, same this. I check my zero again with it by switching bolt. Still in there. Everything's good. So I'm, I'm not in a bad spot. So, I, you know, and anyway, but I wanted to knock this out. I got some time. It, it's, you know, I, I got about an, uh, two hours before I got to meet up with everybody. Stopped at the store, like I said, uh, arranging my kit to carry. And, and, and so it'll, it'll all be good, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking into getting back into a comp setting and doing all this kind of stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm happy about that, that I can, I can see what's, what's going on. All right. But, uh. The E-Dope's looking good. I'm going to try that. I've got it fit for my arm bar. I got a Hawk Hill thing so I can go on. Um, so there's a couple things happening. And, and I'm just going to leave you with this. And, and so you know, uh, I'm going to start the match and I'll talk after the fact. That maybe Monday before I, I jump in the car, I'll pop something up depending on how early. I'm going to try to meet with Phil and Kaylin on Monday if I can. If they're in the area, maybe we can get breakfast together before I head home. It's, a, it's an easy drive home, so I don't have to leave super early. You know, I could check out of here at 11 and be home by dinner. You know, that kind of stuff. So uh, no, no issues there. Check your dope. Confirm your Kestrel. Update your conditions. Make sure your stuff's good. Crush it with the Kestrel. And then, you know, getting in and out of position. Unfortunately for me, that's going to be the worst part of this. It's not so much the shooting. It's the movement and the carry. So, uh, you know, but it is what it is. I, I, I'm well aware. I'm here. I don't care. I'm still going to be first place off the internet, right? That, that'll be the worst I'll, I'll be is first place from the guys who do, who do nothing but talk about it. And, and that's the most important aspect. To me, this is training. For me, this is getting out of my comfort zone and going to where the rules are somebody else. Going where... Things could go wrong and I'll have to fix them like this bolt. You know, putting myself in those conditions to see what, what's, you know, what am I going to do to adjust? How do I adapt? Adapt, improvise, overcome, or is it improvise, adapt, overcome, something like that. Whatever, whatever, whatever Gunny Highway says. I, I don't remember. It's been years since Gunny Highway and I have been together. But no, all good stuff, um, ma'am. Um, got Bigfoot. 
Phil had put a Bigfoot target out, tagged him, 570. No drama there. And uh, it's going to be cool with the wind and the weather, man. Wind and weather, I've been looking at that. I'm monitoring the prevailing conditions through weather underground. I'm taking a look at the movement. I'm seeing where the wind is from the range. I'm talking to guys who shoot here, been here before. There's a lot of guys that this is their home range or they've shot here before. Gunworks' match last year. Picking up a few nuggets for them, meeting a lot of everyday sniper listeners, a lot of snipers hide members, and, and just connecting with everybody. Dropped off some stickers, don't have a lot of stuff, but man, I had stickers and things. I gave them to them, throw them on the table, no biggie. But, uh, you know, that, that's what, it, what it's about. Um, you know, as much as I bitch, as much as I rant about things I don't like, there's always a positive. There's always a learning experience. There's always ways to take something away and grow from it. And again, I you very rarely will you hear me just bitch and rant without offering some type of solution or at least my opinion on how a solution can be found. I'm not just complaining to complain. You know what I mean? Most of the time it's because people are reaching out to me. You know, I've become the complaint department because they know I'll be vocal about it. And rather than hiding behind a keyboard or kind of playing this game where, oh, I think this is better, I think, and I get it. There's a, Everybody's got an opinion, you know, and we, we, we all have the other end of the opinion as well. But, um, you, you know, there, there, there's certain things we've seen that work and there's certain things we see that aren't working. And if I see something that I, I it may work for some people, but if I see something that doesn't work for the everyman across the board or something like that, well, yeah, I may rant on it. But again, it's not personal. I'm not saying I hate this guy or dislike what they're doing. I'm saying, gee, you know, maybe we should look at doing this a different way to bring to make it so it's not so depressing for a new shooter that doesn't know. And here's the deal, guys. You're a new shooter. You're going to a match. You don't know what to do. Go in to the um go into the registration first thing right don't take anything out of your car they'll tell you there's waivers to sign they'll explain to you what's going on they did a really good job of you know mapping this out they've also done a really good job with the match booklet i think the match booklet's kind of unique from what i've seen in the past uh, you know in a good way really positive smaller easier good spaces for you to use explains it. I like the gear limitation section. Gear restriction, it says. None. Gear restriction. Tripod sling only. Gear restriction. This. And it spells it out. What's your restriction? Because it's easy to game it, you know. It's easy to say, well, he didn't say I couldn't use this. But if you map it out like that, I think there's a lot of ways you can say, hey, do this. But then once you get in, you're signed up registration, your waivers are filled out, you got your swag bag and whatever heck, nice shirts, nice patches, Gunworks hat, all that good stuff. Then ask them, well, what can I, they told us, you could shoot white targets, you could shoot this target, don't shoot the colored target, don't shoot this, and they'll tell you. And, you know, guys had a range card, saw uh, No Legs George and, and, um, and uh, Surge and those guys from Colville, the, you know, the ones who, who hit me to the able table. They're all here, so I'm going to be shooting with them. And I'm looking forward to the guys I'm going to be with. Uh, you know, a couple other guys who, 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 who do this for a living and, and stuff. And, and that's all good, man. All about it. But no, happy to be here. Happy to see. Going to get this up and running for you guys. 
Uh, it'll, I'll probably drop it a little later tonight just because I, I went back to back with several for you. But it'll be here for the weekend. And then expect an update on Monday. I don't want to fall into that thing of six days with no new cast. That was that was a bad deal. And, and, and you know, it was just my travel schedule, man. But <clears throat> I hate hand loads, you know, especially when you're pushing them to the edge like I did. Wrong time of year, wrong hand load. It's a winter load, clearly, you know, and, and it's it's just not not going to do it. Give me, give me factory ammo every time. Zero issues. All right, guys, you're listening to Frank from the Everyday Sniper. Thanks for listening. I'll keep you updated. Head over to the hide. Go make a post. Go over and yell at me. Got a couple guys bumping up the Everyday Sniper stuff. There is an Everyday Sniper forum section. If there's something I've talked about, you want to go directly to that conversation. Hey, I was listening to number 67, and you said this. Talk about it. We could do it. You know what I mean? Real easy. That's what most people are doing over there at the Sniper's Hide. They're going over saying, 71, Frank said this. What about that? Here we go. Yep, there we are. So that's what we're doing, man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for turning your buddies on. I asked one of the guys who was coming up and listening to me and had his, had his wife and kids in the car. And I said to his wife, I said, hey, man, I'm sorry. I, I, I hope I wasn't swearing too much for the family. And she says, nah, I'm worse than you are. So I appreciate that. You know, you guys get cutting me slack for cussing a lot. It is what I do. And, and unfortunately, sometimes it goes on autopilot when I cuss that much. All right, then. Thanks a lot. And we'll talk soon. Later.